what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you, the doers, creators, entrepreneurs, out-of-the-box thinkers, people who go against the status quo, driving in your own lane, doing things way, way, way different than uh, you've probably previously been told. You're not crazy. You're not, <laughs> you're not weird for thinking that you, know, you want to do something different. Um, you know, you're truly welcomed here. And every week I bring on guests as well that talk about you know, their journey. They didn't do things the normal conventional way in a lot of ways. They might have fused some of it. <laughs> but for the most part, they, they carved out their own niche or they're working on something that um, is really you know, close to their heart and their soul and means something to them. And, you know, the goal there has always been to humanize this journey that we're all on and um, not glamorize or glorify end success. Um, success, I think, is a very arbitrary thing. Um, some people, it's a number. Some people, it's a goal. I, I say as long as you're doing what you passionately believe in and you're making some impact and you're, you're having fun with it in some capacity, even when you're doing the mundane work, you know, you're successful. You're already, you're already building towards something. Um, but it's different for each person. And so I'm glad that we get to openly have these conversations on the show. Uh, as for any of our newer listeners, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for, for tuning in. Um, we've had an influx of, of, uh, new listeners, my tribe since the beginning, I appreciate and love each and every one of you. Uh, we just hit about 4.5 million downloads. So thank you all for, for being a part of this journey with me and to all the guests that come on the show. And uh, for those of that you are new, I'm Matt Gottesman. You can connect with me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram if you want to know a little bit more about some of the other ventures and things going on, or you just want to connect. If you want to get into the conversation at the intersection of culture and creativity and entrepreneurship, you can tune into at HDF Magazine on Instagram. And of course, you can follow at Hustle Sold Several. You guys know I answer each and every single DM, text, reply, response on my wall, messenger, you name it, uh, for the last seven years straight. And I don't have any plans on stopping anytime soon. Um, that's how we build a global community and we connect, especially especially during you know transitioning times. So uh, I've got another exceptional guest on the show, and we're going to be talking a lot about um, health and wellness, working from home, managing a business, merging that with managing your life, managing a family, uh, you know, and, and having an environment that also uh, creates some accountability and sustainability for yourself. Um, I've been working at home for many, many years, so that wasn't anything new. But I understand very closely what uh, is going on with a lot of people now during a very transitional time. Uh, and how do you separate when you're working with other things, but also merge them together so there's a lot more fluidity, right? Um, and uh, some people have, you know, large scale families, some have smaller, some are, you know, single, but either way, working at home has a lot of different dynamics. And so I've got an, an exceptional guest, Christy Bissou, uh, founder and CEO of Eat Me Guilt Free. And um, we're gonna talk uh, very heavily about these topics. Uh, and she's uh, an insanely talented entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Eat Me Guilt Free, as I mentioned. Uh, it's a brand committed to creating functional, portable, better for you snacks 
provides a solution for health-conscious people and willing to sacrifice their favorite foods. Um, you all know who you are. <laughs> and she founded it uh, to help people end the choice between healthy and delicious. Um, and I, since I've been on a nutrition journey for the past four or five years, um, it's, it, it's a very uh, beautiful niche to fill because that does happen. And I think sometimes there's a stigma around health that it has to not taste good. And that's just not the truth. There's actually... Actually, I've eaten way more fun stuff being healthy than not. So I, I implore you to to research that. Um, but Eat Me Guilt uh, Guilt Free is best known for its uh, high protein brownies and cookies. And uh, this summer, twenty twenty, launched a high protein, low carb bread as well for the first functional tortilla wrap on the market. I will be sure to be put, placing my order after this for that. Oh, we ship you stuff, yeah. We ship oh stuff. man, I and oh. Um, I, yeah, and. Th- and uh, she's a first-generation Cuban-American born and raised in Miami, Florida. Awesome. And a single mother of three. Christy began Eat Me Guilt-Free as a passion project uh, when she was working as a, an emergency room nurse. And she holds a Bachelor of Science in Biology from Florida International University. And her longtime curiosity in nutrition and fitness led her to obtain her certification in sports nutrition. This woman has done the work, if you all are paying attention. <laughs> and she started baking protein-packed low-carb brownies in her own kitchen which were a hit with her sports nutrition clients uh, looking to curb their sugar cravings. That is a very real thing. Uh, and in 2013, the business took off organically via word of mouth on Instagram. And what started with friends and family um, with her brownies in the kitchen catapulted to an online business with nearly $1 million in sales after year one. Um, so I can imagine what fulfillment must have been like <laughs> during that time. And uh, today, Eat Me Guilt Free is available at some of the largest national grocers in the U.S. and internationally. And the brand became the number one grab-and-go item at uh, vitamin shop locations nationwide after having been on shelves for only six months. So, Christy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you, Matt, for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, what an incredible background. And there's a lot of work done in there. <laughs> so I, I told you, I told you before the show that, you know, let for, for contextual purposes, you know, how do we get to, you know, where we're currently at with, you know, your launch, you can go as far back as you'd like, of course. Um, and talk about a little bit of the journey that, you know, that got you here and, and being this, uh, you know, amazing entrepreneur with, you know, uh, and around health and, and wellness and, you know, uh, this mother of three at the same time. And, you know, being able to balance it all and do amazing things. Yeah. So still on the journey. Um, but I, I guess we could maybe start how the brownie got started <laughs> was when I was working in the emergency room as a nurse, I really, I guess, got bit by the fitness bug and that became a huge passion of mine. And then I started consulting clients on nutrition. And I think, um, I think that is where the, the, the passion for making a change, mm. like that aha moment, you know how you're saying over the last couple of years, I've got on, I got into this like whole fitness and health movement oh, like yeah. being part of that for people um, was really impactful. Like it was, it felt really rewarding uh, for me. So, so that's kind of where it really kind of got started because as I was kind of, in conversation uh, with what they should be doing, what their, uh, I guess, what their workouts look like and what they should be eating. Uh, I realized that a lot of them wanted something sweet at like odd hours, evening, mm-hmm. late afternoon. And since I was really heavy into 
it's calculating macros. I don't know how many. How many right, right. <laughs> um, I would try to explain to them, you know, that that's not the right macro. <laughs> so inevitably, I, I started baking um, because back then on the market, there were really just protein bars, protein shakes. There wasn't there wasn't any like functional real foods like we're starting to see today. Um, so I started just experimenting with food, which I love to cook. Um, and I love kind of like you were mentioning earlier, coming up with healthier versions and having fun with making up different recipes. So the brownie, the eat me go free chocolate brownie was born, high protein, low carb, the whole, the whole nine. Um, I want to say it was 2014 when I started sharing it on Instagram. Um, and then when I started, I sold them to my clients They were basically wrapping them in saran wrap and I don't think they even had stickers on them. People were coming to my house. I was giving some in trays, and uh, I didn't. I didn't really think that I would be where I am right now, five years later, when I first first started. But I did know that it felt amazing to give them a solution. And I guess as when I shared what I was doing on Instagram and the brownies on Instagram, I started selling them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this is pretty." pretty cool um because back then i guess the algorithms were different it was really oh yeah different. they were yeah. <laughs> yes they were ma'am <laughs> yeah. i didn't even have a shelf life and um i think one of the biggest things um that's for most entrepreneurs when they're starting is kind of i don't know when you feel like it's the right thing to do like to trust yourself because i really thought and i could see that my clients liked them i thought that it was a great idea and a lot of people within the industry that they saw that I was selling them online and I made a website and was just wrapping them up with a four week shelf life back then. They were like, that's not going to work. Like people, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that doesn't, that's not, it's just not what's done because really, I guess there were no brownies on the market, you right. know, baked goods. So I think, you know, kind of staying on the path and, and, and I guess getting excited with people reaching out via DM and saying, wow, uh, I live in California. I, I saw your brownies. Can you ship me some? That was kind of, I don't even know what an influencer was back then. Right. Um, but that's in essence kind of where, or ambassadors or whatever. I didn't have any formal name for it in the beginning. I would just send them to them. I'm like, sure, here, take them. You know, I'll, I'll send you some. And it just kind of started really, really organically. Yep. You know, as a passion project, as you mentioned earlier. I, I love what you say. I, I remember that's when my journey began was at about 2013, 2014. And it was before the algorithm changes it was before this term, you know, influencer. Right. And you, we, you know, you'd put up content and it was so also organic with people being able to equally just reach right back out and be like, Hey, uh, where'd you get that? <laughs> you know, or like, you know, what a, what a fun, what a fun time. It, Cause it, it had a very organic feel before all like the bots and, and everything. And, and so it's so funny when <laughs> nowadays like people go, Hey, how'd you grow your following? Like what bots did you use? I'm like, it's organic. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I started in the beginning just caring, you know? So, yeah. um, I think that what an incredible time for you to, to, and to, to get online like that with Instagram, but also to demonstrate like the power of like, listen, Here's something that I'm passionate about. I'm going to talk about it openly and get that feedback from, yeah. you know, the, the world at large and their response will tell me what to do next. Because I think and I would ask, and I, I mean, it wasn't curated. 
Um, I would share, I guess I broke like all the rules. I would share what I was doing, if right. I was competing, what my kids were doing, what flavor I was going to do, <laughs> what I was thinking about. And I think it built, uh, I guess, a relationship and a culture. And they became a very big part. They, meaning my followers or yes. customers at the time, part of the journey, like part of what we were creating. So, and that kind of still holds true. You know, we try to release flavors um, that our followers, you know, ask for or talk yeah. a lot about. Or, so, so anyway, that's, that's kind of how it got started. Mm -hmm. uh, year one, you know, there was validation for me and thank goodness, because it helped me kind of get through. I'm five years in now, I want to say year three, 2018, whenever that was, because I'm starting to lose track of time. <laughs> now that we're all back at home and it feels like the same day every day. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure does. we're going to talk about. We st I started at home. I was baking those brownies, dropping them in surround wrap. And I was living in an apartment in Brickell here in Miami mm -hmm. and, uh, and shipping them out in a big black garbage bag. And now here I find myself back <laughs> in my dining room talking to you. So, um, but, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. So, well, no, no, this was good. You yeah. were, so you were saying yeah. that like after year one, you know, you, you had a good year and, and thank God because you were going through. Oh, you know, there you go. Yes. Because, you know, I went to school, as you mentioned, for biology, not right. for business. Uh, and as it grew, um, a lot of decisions had to be made. You have to keep up financially with the growth. Yes. And I was like neck deep you know not really understanding what a uh, financial statement wants profit and loss all these sorts of things that i really needed right. you know um so i was in a position where i think most people give up and my, even my father that you know i guess is an attorney you know i guess a more stable job than an entrepreneur and i had i had a stable job before i, I did this um, back then, especially nurses were really, really in demand. And I have three children uh, and I'm single. My dad was like, listen, uh, he wasn't helping me financially. And he's just watching me drown. <laughs> and he's like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, at what point are you going to tap out? And, um, and I think the validation and like that I felt in the first year kind of helped give me that push. I know sometimes you get it and sometimes it fades, uh, but it really, really made a big difference for me. It made me, I guess, have keep the vision, keep the vision that it, like what I was like envisioned for the brand, I guess. I, like I mentioned earlier, I didn't know exactly what I was doing um, other than making a difference one-on-one -on -one when I would deal with someone nutrition and give them the brownie. But when I got to see what, a, what an impact it made, like on a larger scale via social media, I was like, wow, this is really missing. Um, we don't have regular foods that, you know, like we were talking about, like making a decision and even the concept of taking your favorite recipe and making a cleaner version of it. Well, that's what we're kind of trying to do with the brand, you know, like all these foods that everyone loves, if they can be packaged, you know, like the bread, the tortillas, we're trying to make it like an easy peasy uh, version. Although, you know, ideally everyone picks that up as a habit. So, so that's basically how I ended up here. Not, not here in my, tiny, <laughs> tiny room, but kind of, sort of, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, this is, is incredible. And, you know, I like the part, even when you said, you know, uh, where your father was like, you know, what are you going to do? And, you know, and, and, 
No. Yeah, I, I started to have anxiety attacks. Like in all honesty, I was it was it was rough, you yeah. know. But I think that's the case. Yeah, for well, most entrepreneurs and most people's stories. Yeah, I mean, because uh, clearly you had it in you to be like, well, I'm going to figure it out. I don't have another choice. Mm-hmm. And I think when yeah, you play, you adapt. Yeah, 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 that's exactly it. I mean, you know, especially when you're talking about you've got the three kids and, and you're like, all right, well, something something's going to be made happen. Yeah, like Google, YouTube, I'm going to learn how to yeah. make a profit and loss and what this is and yeah. how I'm going to turn it around. Back then it was that I needed to learn to, that I need to sell to distributors, not just the algorithm had changed. So it was hard to get more of an audience, more people to sell to. Yep. Um, so, so that's where I found myself in around, around 2018. And then I, just like we have to do now that we're at home, <laughs> adapt again, I had to kind of learn, you know, a, a, a new path. You know, what I was doing that year didn't work in 2018. And, and 2019 was about a lot of learning, a lot of learning and changing my hat, you know, like that accounting uh, background that I was missing. I think now, maybe I, I wouldn't go as far as say that I'm an accountant, but it's definitely more part of my day than, than, than nursing. No, you know? I do. <laughs> no, I do. I, and I, what I really, I think it's, it's so well put. And I'm glad you're sharing this because I think a lot of times I get it. We're creative. We want to do all the creative quote unquote fun stuff. But if you really believe in what you're doing and you're constantly trying to focus on the people that you're doing it for, it's going to have to bleed over into other areas. And I, you know, a while back, uh, I remember listening to Robert Kiyosaki's like, you know, the the cash flow quadrant. He's saying like, you know, on the left, you've got the the corporate person and the, and the small business person that they're, you know, they're, it's mostly passion. And, you know, a lot of times that, that steady with the the money and et cetera. And you could, you know, you could do well here on the right uh, and they pay more taxes on the right. You have the entrepreneur and the investor and he's like, the difference a lot of times with these people, besides paying less taxes, <laughs> is that he said that, um, you know, is they have to cross over into the side of, I don't understand taxes. I need to learn it. I don't understand I don't like P&L. It, I have I to learn it. I don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You have, you have, no, you, we don't know it. And people would say like, well, how'd you figure that out? I'm like, to your point, I Googled it or I went and I went to my tax guy and said, hey, what program should I be managing this Right. What what should I be like documenting all of the finances? What different bookkeeping should I keep? You know, <laughs> like you you just oh, yeah, you just kind of just ask. There's, yeah. I think there's a certain, especially if you don't have an investor and you're an entrepreneur and you have an idea. There's a lot of there's there's parts that are not so pretty because um, there's I still love brainstorming and being creative. That's who I am. Um, but it, in order for this to become a reality and still be alive five years later. I've had to incorporate a lot of things that were necessary because I couldn't financially, I guess at that point, hire someone I could use friends like, like what you just said, but within reason, there's only so many things that people will do for free because they're your friend. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think that that's, I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, that I, I've become friends with a lot of people who are on that path. Um, and I think that that's a big one. They're like, this isn't what I, I don't like this part. Like this isn't what, you know, I'm good at, I'm good at kind of, you know, the creative side and, um, you know, I, at least for me and what my experience has been is that I, I had to, because I had three children I had a lot, you know, a lot on, on the line. I had to learn yeah. how to do other things and how to not necessarily think on, well, you're still thinking creatively, I suppose. Cause oh. I, I don't even do math. 
yeah. the same way. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. You know, that, that going back and forth, I, I once had a Kim Gold of True Religion. She started True Religion Jeans uh, before she sold it. On, she said that, you know, a creative can always take that same spirit and go learn business. A business person <laughs> cannot always take that spirit and go learn creativity. It's that we're very lucky if we're creative um, because we can use that same kind of spirit to be like, all right, the same disciplines I have in creating, I can now put into areas that no, they're not so much fun. But you know what? I got to learn it. And um, and and what I also learned along the way was you can't delegate what you don't understand. So in mm -hmm. some way, you have to get involved in all these different areas, but you always have to be working somehow to work yourself out of that area of the business. So, but in order to be able to work yourself out of it, you have to know what it is first, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I think that's okay. great. Now you said that, so now you're back at home because of everything that's going on and that's a whole new, um, you know, you started from home and now you're back mm -hmm. at home. What's that been like uh, in that, you know, during these times and whatnot? Well, um, at first, well, I don't think any of us knew that it would last this long. Uh, at first, <laughs> I thought it was, was going to be temporary, um, but it seems it's going to be a little longer. I want to say now, I I think most of me enjoys it. I, I think even after this is over, I may spend maybe 50 to 75% working from home mm. versus even though I was so excited, we built our new headquarters and it's beautiful. Like it has swings in it and it's fun. I, I think the balance um, that's had to, ha you know, what I've had to learn as far as like not going from zoom to zoom to, you know, how I'm going to work out my food, my nutrition, my family life, my kids were all here. Um, <laughs> we're all at home the two dogs the two cats um it's it, i think i'm enjoying now that i'm starting to get the hang of it you know and all the changes the positive changes that we've been able to make as a family um and that i've been able to make as a person mm. you know and that setup how does that look now now the reason why the reason <laughs> especially because you, so you get to use from the, from the um, uh, perspective of the, both the entrepreneur and the, uh, you know, the family, right? And, um, and having three children. Um, I've been working at home for quite some time, but I also had created a different, uh, even though I've got like from one of my, from my growth market agency, there's 20 of us per se, and they're worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and I was actually gearing up for a physical location just, just to have as the, you know, it's nice to be out of the house, but I've been doing it for years. And, um, but it's not whether, and it's just me, but whether it's me or whether you have a family, there's such an interesting, cause you're dealing with so many energies. There's the working mode energy. There's the, you know, house mode energy. In your case, there's also the family mode energy. There's like, let's not eat where we work. Although <laughs> you, you're a little bit different <laughs> because you're testing. I'm sure. Well, my family, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a water activity machine in mm -hmm. my dining room, which I'm sure you don't probably know what that is, that I had to bring it over here to test because uh, I was doing a little bit of research and development at home. Um, as far as compartmentalizing, that that was, I guess, the biggest challenge. And I'm sure for you it is as well. Yes. Right? Your time. Um, I don't know. Seeing the silver lining in this situation, mm -hmm. uh, I had to figure out how to make time for my children. We only ate dinner together on Mondays and Thursdays, and now I see them all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like how you whispered that. <laughs> all the time. Um, so it's a different, even, even that dynamic, uh, people that are now working from home, mm -hmm. 
I want to say that we, we kind of retreat to different areas so that we're not even doing free time. Like everyone doesn't want to be mixing like our, our energy at all yes. times. So there's definitely, there's an art to working from home for sure. Yeah. You know, it sounds like there's, um, like you said, compartmentalizing, there's, there's some, uh, energetic boundaries. There's, you know, uh, what we do with our day. Like, uh, you know, I actually don't really start work before eight thirty nine o'clock, but I get up at five every day. Um, so yeah. it's like meditation, prayer, gratitude, um, sometimes exercise, although I also do train in the afternoon as well. Sometimes like, you know, getting out, making that movement happen, doing different things like that. Um, and so you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then making sure to actually take breaks because I know as an entrepreneur, it's very easy to, if you're not, I had to learn with nutrition, because we have to be eating throughout the day, but yeah. entrepreneurs get tripped up to your point of probably many points about what your business helps there with, especially when it comes to snacks. But it's like, we can work right through and be like, oh, I don't know. I'm so in the zone. I don't want to let this thing go to stop that momentum, especially if we're also responsible for cooking for ourselves, <laughs> you know, which I am. If I didn't even meal prep, you know, and, I, and I'm cooking for myself, then it's like, oh, I got to take a break, you know. So you mentioned uh, like kind of, having to take breaks and movement and it reminded me like I'm working out I split my workouts morning like after I journal and stuff in the morning mm -hmm. and then at five o'clock is my second workout so it will stop me yes so that I can <laughs> because yes. otherwise uh it'll just kind of keep running over no one then it just it just kind of gets out of whack so actually having a schedule when things are so unstructured has helped immensely you know, I work out in the morning and everyone here at, in my house, my daughter that's 13, like started running. I wasn't really something that she did before. She was just kind of, you know, naturally thin and not really into sports at all, believe it or not. And now she is because we, we, we kind of started like a quarantine cut uh, challenge. Yeah. Talk to me about that. <laughs> so we, we put it like our body fats on the board and you know, kind of set goals for ourselves for four weeks later because we thought that's how long it was going to last. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then it just, it's just been going on and on now for four months, which has been great though because we've, you know, me and the 13-year-old is still active. Our meal prepping, which is different now working from home, I'll get into that in a second, has been in incredibly consistent. We're eating, you know, pretty much 100% what we eat. Sometimes we'll order sushi, but for the most part, um, we eat at home mm -hmm. and meal prepping used to be when I didn't work from home, something that I either had to do for several days, very early in the morning, late at night, and then I would make it in batches. And now what it looks like for me, um, some people say they don't have time, but I find that this is the best way. It, most of the things cooking wise can be done like prepping five minutes, 10 minutes, what was so challenging before if you weren't home working i thought was the cook time like i didn't want to leave the stove on while i wasn't home and burn my house down mm -hmm. so now <laughs> you know kind of marinating something or, or or coating something and throwing it in the air fryer that's quick but the oven to broil it or whatever and it sits in there for 45 minutes or even beans i would have two or three years i guess the last two or three years i probably wouldn't have made beans that take me four hours and now i'm doing that again so yep. it's, because the prep part is yep. 10 or 15 minutes and then you just kind of schedule it. Oh, after this meeting, I have to pull it out, you know? So it forces you to take a break, get up, walk around. Cause that's another thing. You can sit down in your chair in a zoom meeting for eight hours if 
or in your case, on a podcast for eight hours. <laughs> no. Having to get up, <laughs> no. get your food at certain times, scheduling your, your meal preps around your day has been incredibly helpful. Yeah. And oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. For, for, for us, you know, and I kind of incorporate them sometimes in and this has to be done in three. So our food is, uh, I think, having to make our food throughout the day and working from home has been a great, great, great change for us. Yeah. I, and oh. like it's kind of, I guess, even brought us closer. Yeah, I feel like it, it makes us have to observe ourselves even more so. Like um, I was recommended, and it took me a few years, but I was recommended by a mentor to um, audit your day for mm. seven days and journal, document all day. <clears throat> what it is you're doing in each of those times and just, just do it for seven days. Now it took me about two years to finally take that advice. <clears throat> this was a couple of years ago that I finally did it. And it was very interesting and fascinating to watch like, cause you know, why do we make excuses? Oh, I don't have time to cook. Oh, I don't have time to work out. Oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You do. It's just a question of, I guess you just, you know, auditing and, and which is again, something that as a creative, sometimes, you know, it sounds too structured. Right. right. Um, but I've, I guess, adopted a lot of those structural things that I didn't think I would like. And because things are so uncertain, also, I, it's kind of given me and I think my mm. family a level of stability. Yes. That's like, you know, that I'm working out at five o'clock. There's a lot of not very many things we do know these days. Yeah. But that they know that at five, I'm stopping and I'm working out. So I, I think you know, setting up some sort of structure when you're working from home, like you mentioned, you know, uh, I'm going to eat here. Not, I'm not going to eat while I'm working, these types of things. Although I, I do break that rule a lot. <laughs> My lunch for lunch, I do. Right. Uh, well, I think what you said, by the way, is so vital, especially to creatives that are listening. But the fact of that, like, dealing with uncertainty, if you create a schedule you know more likely your outcomes. And if yeah. you know more likely your out, and I, and I, I, the way I tell creatives, because I always say, like, I get you, I am one. I'm like, the way, think about it like this. I'm like, if you really, really love what you do, make it stable. Like, mm -hmm. make it, make it, make it into a place where you, you know then what your creativity will get you from the outcomes. And in order to do that, you know, start implementing these types of habits and these types of things that allow you to expand it even further. Um, and, you won't, it'll actually help your creativity. Stability internally helps your creativity. It helps you expand because you like, because you, you, you have things in your life that are working for you and that that movement and that, you know, will, will allow you to, to make clear decisions or to tap into that side of, you know, neurologically even like, you know, or yeah, the, you know, outside does sometimes just, yeah, you know, absolutely. And so how, um, your, your habits, uh, how long do you think did it did it take you, you know, coming from from the time you transitioned from one life you've already had to this entrepreneurial life? How long do you think it took you to, to instill the, like those kind of habits? Or, you know, was it very progressive thing? Uh, and I would love for people to hear that because I know for me it was very progressive. Like you, you start yeah. in different areas. You start incorporating here. And, and I think there's a lot of pressure on people to think like they go from one extreme to the next. I'm like, you can't go from an extreme to an extreme. It'll never work. You have to kind of like, Again, the audit helped me because if I knew what I was doing with my day, I knew then, okay, what would I do with the day? And if I were to start 
looking at different areas of my life, when would I do that? And how did that feel when I tried it? Okay, let me change that up. Maybe this was the time I was more creative than that time. And this time I had a better workout than that time. So absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think focusing is definitely progressive for me. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, realizing that I had to learn new things and, and, and I guess make that fun and, and, and creative was one, one piece. And it happened independently of other lessons that I had to learn. So it's, I'm five years in and look now I'm, I, I think finding a lot more balance because then I think I, I had gotten to the point where having to incorporate structure became such a big part. Um, but as far as structure for work, for eating go free, not mm. for myself and for our food, even though I had come from a, a fitness background and nutrition background, I was, I don't want to say neglecting myself, but I wasn't training what I wasn't doing what made me happy, like physically, like I love working out two hours, three hours a day, you know, and I was kind of neglecting that and not journaling every day. And I think that that whole piece has happened in the last year, and then more so now having to stay home, I really, really got it. so it's been definitely been progressive because even your own your own needs is something that you need to pay attention to as an entrepreneur because you can totally forget that they exist uh, <laughs> right <laughs> and the worst is falling off you know if you fall out of the rhythm of something that's been good for you and then all of a sudden and then you know and then you you instantly notice it afterwards you're like why have I been feeling off this week I'm like ah, I let that slip over here and then and then I also had to learn not guilting, not guilting ourselves when we, you know, it happens. You fall off, but it's sort of like, I look at it as like, look, just jump right back into the marathon. Just jump in. Like, don't, don't worry about like, you don't need a start date. You don't need this. Like, just jump right back in. Like, all right, well, I'll incorporate back in today. You know? I definitely am a huge fan of that. Like, I, even with my uh, nutrition clients, I would say, you know, even if you had planned on, let's say, eating completely clean that day and you ate something that was not within what you thought you were going to do. Okay. Don't wait till the next day. Right. Just like right after that, your next meal, make it clean. Like you don't have to set a date to like reset. You can reset right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, and it, what's great about it and in, in anything from uh, nutrition to, you know, <laughs> a habit you're trying to, you know, stay, do a, a healthy habit. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like um, the shorter the gap from the time you make the mistake to the time you jump right back in, the better. And if you can kind of look at like everything in like these micro bursts, if you will, it's kind of like how I'm hacking the system. It's like, because otherwise you're right. I mean, our mind can get in there and man, if we have to, I'll start again back in again tomorrow. Well, what are you doing the rest of the day today? Are you giving yourself an excuse to like mess it up even yeah. more? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it could be, it could be. So that's why, I mean, unless it's something, you know, that you're absolutely choosing to do. You know, it's a conscious decision and it's not just kind of like putting something off because I think that's, that's a, you know, we have a tendency sometimes as humans to like cover our eyes and, you know, put on blinders. And when you kind of like decide to do something, it's kind of better to jump right back on a horse. True, true. So true. And how, um, you know, from a business perspective and so being home, uh, during mm -hmm. this time and, you know, having your online community and, you know, expanding with the brand, how's it been? Like how, how, you know, have you been noticing some more creativity? Um, have you been 
um, you know, doing some, you know, just trying some different, like some really cool new things with the brand, et cetera. And, and, you know, or what, what's come about because of this <laughs> quirky, yeah, quirky so year. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Cause we, as a team, we're not that big of a team. We're somewhere, somewhere maybe 10 to 15 of us. Perfect. Um, we had to kind of figure out a rhythm so that we could all be in sync, even though we're not together. <laughs> um, especially in the beginning when we really didn't see each other. Sometimes now we do, um, you know, a few of us, because especially people are shipping out, but we have like morning huddles. So that that structure that I'm talking about that I stopped mm -hmm. at five, forcing ourselves, even if we have nothing to say for 10 or 15 minutes to talk between nine and nine, 15, we do that every day. And I think that that was very, very helpful, or it is very helpful. We're still doing that. And we got rid of our weekly meeting where we kind of let everybody know, oh, this is what I'm doing, this is what you're doing. Right. We started doing a, a 10 or 15 minute quick um, recap, you know, yeah. and like think. And I think that's been incredibly helpful. And we kind of, I think we might be connecting better. Yes. On a social level, because we'll talk about something else otherwise, where we didn't make time for that before. And we started hiring new people because we had to switch gears and pivot when um when this happened because because we are like a consumer packaged goods brand mm -hmm. a lot of retailers and are not taking on new brands so at stores in person so we had to be like okay let's switch gears go back to focusing on direct to consumer um and who we hired and what we were doing um obviously priorities change so we hired um a new team member that lives in la which i probably would have never done <laughs> had this, had COVID not happened, because I would always kind of, since we had the office, it seemed like I needed to have the person here locally. You know, the, um, going back to direct-to-consumer though, uh, talk about better, well, I, depending on, I can't speak for your industry, but yeah. per se, better better profit margins. <laughs> oh yeah, no, those retailers, sure. whoo, my God. Yeah. No, definitely. No, and I had just started to dip my toes into the retailers and that whole animal yeah that's what it is it's, it's its own thing um but so is direct to consumer and, and catching someone's attention now in a world of full of algorithms and so right. many and so much noise oh ain't, ain't that the truth i mean and that's again that the importance of we want to expand our our reach to impact more people but we uh, we have to constantly nurture a tribe and a community um, because that, you know, if we, if we nurture our customers, our community and our customers uh, and have that retention and that relationship with them, you know, on a consistent basis, um, and you focusing know, on that, yeah. yeah. Cause that's what we've started to, yeah, we all, we've always done it, but it's really all we can do now. Yes. Conversations with, with our, I guess our consumers, our followers are, you know, who kind of keeps us alive. Yeah, and, and they love it. Like, I mean, you could probably do a live a day just showing like, hey, now I'm working on this packaging. What do you guys think? Hey, now I'm working on this recipe. What do you think? Like, they, because you have a very hands-on product. You have a physical product, mm -hmm. whereas like I'm more of like a software as a service or like a, you know, a service. And that, I mean, that's what the podcast with the, the growth marketing agency. So it's like, but you have a, which I could easily educate if <laughs> sometimes yeah. it probably bore the hell out of them, but you at least have a tangible product that you can show them and say, hey, you know, so this is the design that we came up with, but I'm also thinking about this and they love it because they feel like they're very much a part of it, you know? 
Yeah, like I was playing around with like edible glitter. I don't know if I would have done that had it not been COVID and I'm not home on the brownie. So 2021 is going to be an interesting year for flavors because we do that. We we keep like four, maybe five core flavors and the rest of the 12 switch out. You know, just I have a very short attention span. So I figured so do most of our um, customers and followers. So we switch things out and we kind of try to keep it interesting. So you're absolutely right. I think being home like this, there's more time for creativity yes. and, uh, and kind of sharing that with them. Yes. You know? Yeah. You know, this has definitely been a time for um, pivoting, adaptation, innovation, creativity, sparking a different way of doing things, not allowing ourselves to get too stagnant. That's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize that in entrepreneurship, you can never get too comfortable. <laughs> I think in life, you can never get too comfortable because you have to always be expanding and building upon yourself. But um, especially in business, you always want to kind of keep pushing the, you know, the, 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 the context and the boundaries so you, you can, um, you know, just stay close to stay close to why you do it and who you do it for, you know, and, yeah. uh, and life yeah, is always and changing. Was, yeah. And, and, and celebrate the little the small victories. Like I think sometimes you get lost in, you know, kind of always setting another goal. At least I did. And um, I remember, I guess before this, like looking back and just, I saw a picture of our packaging, you know, even if it was like three years ago, and I was like, wow, like, okay, no, we have made a lot of change. So I think celebrating the small stuff is really, really important because I think as entrepreneurs, especially we have a tendency, tendency to be really hard on ourselves. You reach a goal and you're like, okay, what's next? Yes, that's exactly it. You know, that's, uh, that's why I always love, uh, and they come up on the in conversation topics on the podcast sometimes where, uh, the beginning intro, I love going over the intros of all of your backgrounds because as you know, we sometimes have a hard time celebrating <laughs> where, yeah. where we've come from um, during everything um, because we're always, we're always moving ourselves and what we're doing and our purpose and our impact and everything forward. And when we do celebrate, it's like, oh, I did get that feature. Thank you. Oh, yeah. 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 No, and then, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, for me, I can speak for myself. You don't, or you, you maybe there's like a fear that you'll become comfortable with like, oh, I, I did this. I'm good. You know? So you're constantly like, okay, no, I don't want to be too comfortable. I want to always feel like I'm going to push forward. Yeah. You know, I used to be fairly resistant to that um, because I, until I understood, meaning um, I was resistant to that if I said, um, like, what, what do you mean? You know, uh, you don't want to become too, you know, comfortable and, and all that other stuff. And then I, because I, I also wanted to be careful not chasing because right. we, can get, we can get stuck chasing more and more and more. So I had to learn a balance of like, okay, mm -hmm. I always want to be pushing my boundaries and of, of what I can do, but I don't want it to come at the cost of me, my health, my peace, uh, my exactly. happiness, like, and I'm in no rush. There is no, I don't have to be anywhere. Somebody says that society says that if I'm here, then I will get that praise or I will get that validation. No, actually, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do my, my thing on my own time in my own lane. And quite frankly, like the world doesn't actually need to know everything about that. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. And remember, and I think, um, working from home, there's no, there's, there's, well, you did this before, but you don't commute. So you, I think you have a little more time, even though a lot of us have 
taken the time and put more work into it. So when you having that time kind of gives you more to your point, it, it, it allows you to realize like kind of reset and make sure that your compass is set based on what you really want, who you are, you know, like remembering why, what the brand is about or who Christy Basu is and what you're, you know, so that you're not chasing, uh, I don't know, a certain number or right. getting into a certain store. Um, you know, it has to feel, it has to resonate. And I think being home and having the time to do that has made that easier for me, like that balance. I, I like I like that you said it has to feel. And mm -hmm. I think people need to rely on their feelings um, when they're tapped into them. <laughs> and they yeah. understand their emotions and feelings well. That they, they their gut, that um, the better they understand them, the better that they can, you know, make these beautiful, clear choices. Because everybody, you know, like I, sometimes you'll hear people say like, oh, I want to be in the big box stores. I want to be this. I want to be that. And I'm like, have you done the profit margin numbers on that? And, like, and they go, well, well, but if we make it into Whole Foods and we've made it, I'm like, have you Not necessarily yeah yeah and i was like so is this about validation from the world seeing you a certain way because you're in a certain store or is this about you want to run a business that's very lean operationally and highly profitable different. and you have a damn good life in it at the same time yeah. <laughs> you know I do it i'm doing it differently because sometimes like at least i can say that when i would present things um to investors and um or banks when you start a business, um, I guess, organically and direct to consumer and they, they start, it, it's, it seems almost backwards to them. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, so I, I find that, uh, because I, because this type of business was, I guess, started backwards, I still try to kind of adopt that like kind of more to your point like i'm like all right well even direct to consumer that can be done so many different ways mm -hmm. you know um and kind of staying open and flexible and malleable to how you can do things you know and, and uh i think that whole thing that everybody says of uh, like not being scared to fail you hear it over and over and over yeah but i think uh I don't know. Malle malleability and flexibility is about trying stuff because otherwise you won't, you know, you can't do something original if, if, you, if you don't kind of fail. Yeah. No, I mean, and, 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 I, and I love that you said, you know, direct-to-consumer has so many different options and it, there's just ownership. There's just ownership down that route that, that, uh, um, that's different than... Uh, so I was having this conversation with a, a friend of mine who's an e-com expert, um, and they're talking about a. Uh, we were talking about a, a product. I'll leave out what the name of it was, but like when mm -hmm. it's only like maybe three million in sales versus when it got to you know like a hundred million sales, the difference of profitability and being in the big box stores and all this other stuff. And and I said, you know what's interesting is that because I get how like big you know they try to big big retailers try to squeeze you out in those profit margins, especially if you're going top shelf, middle shelf, all that stuff. Um, and I said. It, interestingly enough, if you can build the brand where it's so, so heavily wanted by its audience that they go into those stores disappointed that you're not there, now yeah. you have the leverage. So when the store approaches you and be like, I know my audience. Oh, that was Susie from so-and-so and, you know, Steve from so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, I know who they are because I know my audience, number one. And number two, like my margins are this. 
tell me how I'm going to go into your store and you're going to take care of me because I would love to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I want to say that there, there's a big advantage in having done it backwards. Like we're in vitamin shop. We launched, I don't even think it's been six months. I know we had six months in our bio, but it was February. And it was really cool because the first week we were their number one grab and go. And it was totally because of our Instagram following. You know what I mean? Like they, they were like, wow, we've never had something launched like that. In the first week we did um, like a golden ticket type concept. Like mm. we're going to give you a one-year subscription and our followers went out to the stores and I don't think it normally works that way since no. the brands aren't built, you know, with a following, it's kind of like they learn about it in the store, you, like more to your point and they're, they're making the rules and I would, you know, they're, we have a really good relationship with vitamin shop as a result of that. Cause they're like, wow, we love this brand. Like yeah. They have like control over yeah. what's happening. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they love you. Well, yeah. they love you because your audience loves you because your audience listened because your audience went to them and then the sale happened for both of you. The, the audience got the product that they want. It's a win all the way around. A new concept sometimes in this you know newer business world that we live in. We're like, well, you mean we can all win? Yes, we actually can all win. Yeah, <laughs> this... yeah so now you get squeezed. Yeah. Well, I remember in the beginning, the conversations in the beginning, I was like, I don't think I want to do this. You know? Yes. Yeah. Cause they were so, um, I hate to say that, but it's just not them. That's just the way that the retail world is. It's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, right. so it's a, it's a, I just, uh, I'm excited. I just, I think it's a very exciting time that we live in now. Um, and, uh, I'm probably more excited because you know, when you preach it for years and then like you get that blank look <laughs> sometimes from the bigger brands when you're, cause I, I used to help some bigger brands and consult with them. And, so, and some of them got it, but some of them like, nah, I'm not really sure about this audience stuff. And you're like, I'm telling you, you're, and your marketing dollars also shift quite, quite substantially as well too. Um, mm -hmm. Then it becomes more about being a media company, which, you know, Starbucks and like uh, Mercedes Benz, a lot of them, they recognized about 10, 12 years ago. It was like, oh, we have to become an in-house media team, like lots of content, get people in our world and then take feedback, then promote to them, then market to them. And it's like, yeah, marketing has is, is changed a lot, um, you know, yeah. both in um, like paid media is, is changed now. It's like, not only do I want them in my world just to nurture them. But also then when I do have specific products, well, I can also do that. But at least people will know the reputation of, you know, what we stand for and everything. So it's a, it's a, yeah. cool, it's a cool time. I, mean, I think it's great what you're doing. Um, what, do you, what do you have coming up next? Well, I... <laughs> everything. I, yeah, I know we did, we did the bread and the, and the tortilla. And I'm gonna have to try for that. me, it's, I have other stuff. Like I, I have these cool like Cheetos and, and a pizza crust. And Jeez. I can't release them because... Because I can't just, you know, yeah. the creative in me wants to be like, okay, let's do it. But I'm, I'm going to try to s slow it down a lot because mostly because of COVID. Because since I want to make sure that we don't just kind of throw everything out there at the same time and let the bread and the tortillas right. simmer, catch a little traction and make sure everybody gets to taste it. And, and, and then, you know, I guess really understand that it's not just about brownies. Right. No. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to go through all of the, uh, <laughs> the taste <laughs> testing. I'm going to have to do all the testing and whatnot. Wait, uh, you know, are, um, there, are they gluten-free or? They're not, um, just the macros are better. We okay. kind of switch out, use like premium ingredients because we, I guess that's part of the brand. We didn't like try to make it so, so either completely vegan or gluten-free or kind of subscribe to any specific 
culture. Right, um, right. It's just kind of better all around. Although yeah. like, some of our products do fall into like the bread and the tortillas are, are plant-based. I didn't, you know, do it on purpose, but no. it just kind of worked out. And, and I think that that's, but it's also important for people to note because I think sometimes people think automatically like, oh, if I eat only vegan or if I only eat this way or that way or gluten-free, it's like, no, 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 no. Like you, you're just wanting better ingredients, a, a better, a better product all the way around, uh, you know, and may, med, what yeah. would you say? And better choices. Like yes. Just stop making. Yeah. There's a lot of people, they just don't eat any vegetables at all. There's two extremes or I'm going to eat only right. vegetables. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so. You know, like that's not going to help, you know, like it will. And like, all right. Yeah. You know, um, this is great. Where, where can everybody find you online and like connect with you and um, learn more about the company or connect with you as well? You know, give us all, all, of the, all the places we can find you. So we were born on Instagram, like I mentioned before. Yep. Eat Me Go Free is our company. We have that website, eatmegofree.com. Me personally, my heart, name is hard to spell it, but it's Christy Basu, in case you. I do get a lot of people asking me entrepreneurial questions that are have a similar product. So I welcome that. And nice. um, you can find us on Amazon. You can find us in Vitamin Shop. And, and a lot of independent retailers, like over 3,000 of them. Tiny stores, you know, throughout the, throughout the U.S. That's how you so. conquer. You said tiny stores, but that's how you conquer. You know, you have yeah. a relationship with. I'll take an army yeah. of three thousand, then you know, like the, the uh, you know, the global dominator that like squeezes me out. <laughs> yeah. I want to say that that was like the first time that I like I think I cried. It was like years ago in one of these independent retailers. One of the store owners called me and they were like, "Hey, Christy, I wanted to call you because you out this year you outsold this brand that was like huge at the time. Mm -hmm. Like your stuff sells more at my store." Than that does and i was like oh. like you know i knew what it meant like i knew that this was something that would do well like it resonated with people because if on that level he was in love with the brand mm -hmm. his customers were it was cool it was like that was that was more emotionally like wow yep and even being the number one grab and go in the you know environment shop that's i mean brand relationships that's the long game you know uh mentality that I think has a hundred percent track record if you want my opinion, you know, and, and, uh, um, leaves a lot more ownership, peace and happiness for the entrepreneur. In my opinion, I mean, and some people could be like, nah, I just want to sell the company. I'm like, cool. Yeah, please. I mean, obviously that that's an option too, of course, but it's like, you know, yeah. and I get that you have to do certain things to position it for a sale for an acquisition, of course. But, um, I always, I just urge people to always look at it like from a, what brings you the most um, peace uh, that keeps yeah. you the most clear. It just feels good, like yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Building something, creating something just feels right. Exactly. Exactly. This is amazing. Thank you. You know, I appreciate you coming on the show. And as I, I say to all of our guests, like you're welcome back on any time. So if um, you know, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, you want, you know, you want to discuss something else that you're learning about the journey. Um, I say that, you know, six months from now, everything changes, but we're living in a time where like 10 minutes from now, everything changes. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, um, you're welcome back on anytime. Would love to have you on as a guest again. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you so much again for inviting me. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, from home. yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's such a great topic too, because like, um, and you represent the, the, the dual perspective cause you started from home. And then mm -hmm. you went, you know, uh, and then into the physical world and back at home. And so, and, and at different stages. 
So a startup and then, um, you know, and then, uh, of, uh, you know, further years in is a whole different ball game. And so I think you're <laughs> be interesting, yeah, you know, interesting. You, yeah. You, yeah, the perspective, right. Um, so yeah. it's, it's cool to, it's cool to, to get that from you as well. And, uh, I appreciate you being on, um, hang back for one second just so I can connect with you, uh, offline here, but, um, for everybody listening, you can, you can, um, check out Christy online. It's C R I S T I E B as in boy E S U Christy Basu on, uh, Instagram and also eat me guilt free. Uh, check that out. You guys, you can connect with her, ask her questions. I thought that was really cool. I'm just saying to all the listeners that the fact that she's like, Hey, if you got a product and you want some, you know, advice or something about it that's cool, you know, utilize the open transparency of, of another entrepreneur connecting with you to, to maybe give you some advice, just be appropriate. <laughs> She's a busy woman. So, uh, I mean, my audience knows this, but I always like saying to the world at large, cause you always pick up new listeners anyways, you yeah. know, but it's like, listen, we're, we're out here. We're, we're human beings too, trying to figure this all stuff, all this stuff out too in life. And, you know, I always say just to pro approach people appropriately, of course. And, um, um, Christy, you know, completely support everything that you're doing and, uh, you know, appreciate having you on the podcast and looking forward to having you back on again. And, you know, thank you so much for being there. Thanks. Absolutely. For everybody, everybody listening again, check out Christy Basu. You can go to Instagram and eat me go free, uh, on Instagram as well as eatmegofree.com. Um, you know, really want to extend a thanks to her for being on the show and all of you guys for listening. It's been an amazing journey. It continues to be an amazing journey. We're, I feel like a baby in the game, even though I'm like four, four and a half years on this thing. Uh, but I appreciate each and every one of you guys. It's about a, it's about a million a year at this point in, in terms of downloads. So you guys make it all worthwhile. And, uh, you know, for myself, uh, for any of the new listeners, Matt Gossman, for the Hustle Sold Separately, we are out.